good issue for all women. Hello and welcome to This Sunday Chops, where I, Mickey, am talking about the menopause. Again, I know. So, hopefully you've had a listen to the menopause specials we ran throughout September. Actually, loads of you got in touch to tell us how helpful they've been. So we decided that ahead of World Menopause Day, which is Friday the 18th of October, we tried to get Dr Louise Newson, known to a lot of people simply as the menopause doctor, even though, to be fair, she is quick to point out she's a rather than the menopause doctor. Anyway, we decided to try to get her on the blower and luckily she managed to squeeze us in and I had a fascinating chat with her about symptoms, diagnosis, education, her Haynes manual and how knowledge can be the best tool to get you through the perimenopause and the menopause. You'll hear at one point I asked Louise to list all of the services that the Newson Health Menopause and Wellbeing Centre she runs provides and it is quite something. But these are all the things that you can be looking at for help and guidance if you feel like the perimenopause or the menopause is making you feel less yourself. Also, it's worth pointing out that even though the centre is in Stratford-upon-Avon, anyone, wherever you are across the country, can make an appointment. Although it has, as I'm sure you'd expect, a big old waiting list. If you haven't already, please do have a listen to the rest of our menopause specials as they are packed full of really important information that can sometimes be a little bit hard to access. Anyway, enough of my rambling. Over to Dr. Louise Newsom. Hello, I am delighted to be joined on the phone by Dr. Louise Newsom, aka the Menopause Doctor. Hey, Louise. Hi, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much for squeezing us in between patients because you have opened a floodgate. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it does feel like that sometimes. We recently did a month series on the menopause, which means that I'm, well, pretty much obsessed with learning more about it now, which for a 42-year-old woman is probably not a bad thing. Could mm. you tell us what your journey was to becoming the menopause doctor? Well, I don't mind to be called the menopause doctor because I am a menopause doctor. There's lots of really menopause doctors out there, so it's just because that's the name for my website. <laughs> but I've always, I've been a GP for a long time, and I've always helps menopausal women which is very rewarding because if you get it right it can really help transform women's lives Mm -hmm. but there's always been this antagonism about HRT about how dangerous or safe it is does it cause breast cancer are there benefits so there's a lot of people out there that are very worried about HRT and a lot of healthcare professionals that worry also so I always prescribe HRT to the right people and there's been some really good studies to confirm how good and effective it is But in November 2015, the NICE guidance came out, the National Institute of Health and Care Excellence Guidelines, which if you've read them, you'll know that they review all the literature and basically their take-home message is that women need to have an individualised consultation and if they consider HRT, they need to know that for most women, the benefits of HRT outweigh any risks. And so when these guidelines came out, I thought, great, I can actually do something more with the menopause and have the guidelines to back me up because in the past because of this antagonism people have said "Mm, I'm not sure about that research this is what I think so I then decided to get more training and I became an advanced menopause specialist I've got a certificate of advanced menopause care for the from the faculty of sexual reproductive health I'm a BMS the British Menopause Society recognized menopause specialist and then I set up a clinic local to me really just to help some of my friends who were struggling and not getting the right treatment often being offered or given antidepressants so I set up a clinic set up my website and it became incredibly busy 
very quickly. And then I realised how many women were struggling because my patients I'd never allowed to suffer in my GP practice. But when I've been seeing women who come who have had 10 years of symptoms, have been turned away for HRT because they've been given antidepressants, their job's gone, their partner's gone, their life is pretty much gone. Some of them have been suicidal. I've realised that women are not getting the right information or being allowed to make the right choice. It's been staggering to hear the stories. So I do a lot of work on social media to try and empower women and I um, now have my own clinic in Stratford and we've got 12 other GPs working here seeing patients. So it's very busy and that just reflects how desperate women are to get the right help and how they're still struggling. There's a lot more work that needs to be done. Absolutely. You mentioned there that a lot of women are given antidepressants and through Mm. talking to people, this is something that has come up again and again. So that's obviously a common misconception and it sort of ties into that age-old thing of women are hysterical. Let's just give them something to calm down. Well, as as you might know, there's lots of different symptoms related to menopause and the symptoms are as a result of having low estrogen but also low testosterone levels in women. And the psychological symptoms are the ones that affect women the most. So mm-hmm. the symptoms such as low mood, poor concentration, reduced motivation, anxiety, brain fog, memory problems. It's very easy to put those symptoms down to other things. So a lot of women aren't recognising them being related to their hormones, but also a lot of GPs, if a woman comes into the consulting room and says, oh, I'm really tired, I'm waking in the night, I'm really tearful, I'm low, I'm not interested, then you can see that that ticks a lot of boxes for depression rather than menopause. Yeah. In a 10-minute quick consultation, a lot of doctors are thinking, well, maybe this woman's depressed, let's give her some antidepressants. But what we also know from research is that antidepressants shouldn't be given first line for low mood associated with the menopause because they won't work. Mm-hmm. Because what will work is replacing the hormones. And we know that even if women have low mood in the perimenopause and are given HRT, it reduces the risk of getting proper clinical depression. What we need to do really is empower women so when they can, they can recognize these symptoms, and think, gosh, my periods have been changing, I wonder if it's related, and then go to their doctor and say, look, I think it's related to my perimenopause or menopause, I've got these symptoms, low mood, da-da-da, and my periods have changed, and I've read this information, and I'd like to try HRT, then that will prompt the GPs to have quite a different consultation as well, Yeah, um, which is sadly not happening at the moment. It's definitely a case of well-informed is well-armed. Yeah, t- definitely. And it's having the right information that's evidence-based and non-biased. Sadly, there's a lot of information out there which is still not accurate. There's a lot of alarmist things going on out there and there's a lot of people who who still haven't got the right information that they're giving to women, which is a shame. Could you give us a little bit of a rundown on what services and resources you provide in the Newson Health Menopause and Wellbeing Centre? Yeah, so here we're quite unique in that we're holistic because for me as a GP, it's really important to treat women, but it's also really important to prevent future illness. Mm-hmm. So, And it's not just about giving a prescription because that's not all necessary that people need and it's looking a bigger picture. So for me, it's looking at diet, it's looking at exercise, it's looking at our well-being. So we have 
other GPs here, and again, we're unusual because we're all GPs with a special interest in the menopause. We're not gynecologists. So all of us have got a lot of experience in general practice, a lot of experience with the menopause. We also have a, a nutritionist that works with us who's very passionate about women's health, but she's also very knowledgeable about gut health and about just looking at a bigger picture with, with diet, about our gut flora, with how important that is. So she will see people here as well. We've got a pelvic floor physiotherapist who works closely with us. We have a yoga studio here. So we have different yoga instructors who come, some regularly, some just do ad hoc sessions and workshops. And then we also have someone who does scans as well. If women need scans, we have some nurses here. We have healthcare assistants. We have nurse practitioner that people can see who prescribes as well and then we also have just installed a DEXA scanner to look at bone density so we try and offer as much as possible to women so that they feel that they're given lots of information we have a lot of written information here because it's quite hard to take in lots of information when you're menopausal Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of information clearly on my website but we have a lot of booklets and fact sheets that we give to women we give them time which is really important for women. I've tried to create quite an oasis of calm here where it's not too clinical. It's We're lucky it's a beautiful great listed building but we've got a lot of beautiful colours and smells and just it, it, people feel calm being here because a lot of them have had a really difficult journey and it's really important that they feel special and looked after. Yeah I was going to ask you actually what are the reactions like when you have had a woman who's come in and obviously has been struggling for like the symptoms can be around for up to 10 years and not knowing Mm -hmm. what she's going through and just giving someone the information that this is Mm -hmm. uncomfortable but normal must be life transforming yeah it is I mean I'm very I'm very privileged being a doctor anyway I've always I've always loved my job and it is a real privilege talking to people who you wouldn't necessarily talk to in other ways of life and you know, to have a complete chest from a patient is, is very rewarding, but it's very humbling as well to listen to stories. And it is also very frustrating because I see a lot of women who are young, as you know, one in 100 women under the age of 40 have an early menopause. Mm-hmm. A lot of those women, it can be just naturally occurring early, but some women it's because they've had cancer, for example, and they've had their womb removed or chemotherapy. And so a lot of women have struggled for years and when they start to get better, then they often say, gosh, I wish I'd come earlier, I wish I'd come sooner, I've wasted the last 10, 20, sometimes longer years with this not knowing I could get help. And so although it's very rewarding here, every night I could easily cry when listening to the stories that I hear. And so that drives me even more to try and help our next generation, if you like, to not go through what women constantly are going through because they're not being managed properly. What would you like to see happening that would mean that more women have a better menopause or are more prepared for the perimenopause? Oh, there's so much. But one of the things is education. Mm-hmm. Um, and education two ways. Firstly, for women, so they're empowered. And secondly, for healthcare professionals, so that they have the right information and the right training. So I wasn't given any menopause training, any any education at all as an undergraduate or postgraduate, which is shocking because yeah. half are, you know, well, 51% of 
people in the UK are women. So we will all go through the menopause. We can't escape it. We're not all going to get depression. We're not all going to get diabetes. But we will all go through the menopause. And the majority of us will have symptoms. But for me as a physician, I'm very interested, as I say, in preventing disease. And we know that when women go through the menopause, they have an increased risk of heart disease, Mm -hmm. diabetes, dementia, osteoporosis osteoarthritis even earlier death so it's very doom and gloom even if you don't have symptoms ways of reducing risk of those conditions for me is key so we need to be looking at the menopause not just as something that causes symptoms or something that's laughable at or something that we need to fight our way through and come out the other side we need to see it as a a low hormone deficiency that will last with us as long as we live and for a lot of women that could be 30 or 40 years so it's looking at ways to either replace the hormones if that's necessary or to optimize our health with the right diet the right exercise you know the right well-being the right sleep the right support a lot of women come here and say gosh I'm, at least I know I haven't got dementia I thought I was going mad because mm-hmm. I can't remember even before they've had any treatment they're just relieved to know what's happening to them but it's educating people when they're younger because once you start to get symptoms for a lot of women, it, your mind goes, you've got this anxiety, your memories goes, it, it can be a very frightening place. So it's making it normal so we can talk about, we talk to teenagers all the time about sexually transmitted infections or about drugs, about alcohol. You know, those teenagers will either grow up and become menopausal or they'll know someone, if they're male, who will become menopausal because they all have female friends or girlfriends or sisters or cousins so we need to normalize it it shouldn't be something that's not spoken about what are you doing on november the 18th i'm thinking of and i want you to brace yourself for this hannah but i am thinking of talking to some men ah, wow any yeah. men in particular hand pick three craig parkinson that's right he of unbuttoning and buttoning his jacket on line of duty and also the amazing two shot podcast nish kumar he of the Mash Report and General Funniness, and Mr. Joe Lysett. He of hilarity ensues whenever he is in a room. And fantastic. What I can only describe as blouses. He does have incredible blouses. What do you think the chances of getting all those people in the same room at the same time are, Mickey? I'm glad you've asked, Jen, because I've been working very hard to make this happen alongside my <laughs> lovely colleagues, Jen and Hannah, who you may know well. And uh, it is going to happen at King's Place on November the 18th, which is International Men's Day Eve. It's going to be mint. Get your ticket. Yeah, if you want to get to www.standardissuepodcast.com, you will find details of that and our many other live shows. I love that you always say the WWW. I know. I, I interviewed Sam Avery, another man, once, and he said it, We're and everywhere. it just made me laugh. So I like to put it in. You brilliantly put all that you have learned into, and I absolutely love this, a Haynes manual on menopause. Yeah. <laughs> which is brilliant, a nice one. But given the dearth of research, which you've mentioned, and sort of the inaccuracy of a lot of information out there, and mm. how hard it's been to go through that and find the facts, how hard was that to put together? Actually, it's not that difficult. There is really good evidence that is out there. It's just poorly accessed. But what I wanted to do is just make it easy for people, because actually... Menopause care is easy, it's just made complicated because of lack of resources. For example, a lot of women 
I speak to or see in my clinic have tried so many times to see doctors. A lot of them have seen cardiologists because they've had palpitations or neurologists because they've had worsening migraines or urologists because they've had bladder problems or even psychiatrists for their mood. And none of these doctors ever think about the menopause. Once people have thought about it, it's it's easy. It's very Mm -hmm. easy. It's a bit like if someone's hypothyroid, they've got an underactive thyroid gland, they're struggling, they're tired, you give them thyroxine, then they're fine. It needs to be thought of like that. Actually, it's straightforward if you take a step back and think about it. So with the Haynes manual, I wanted to make it very accessible and very easy and something that anyone could pick up and just read the salient points or read it all or and not be embarrassed having it. I didn't want um, a pink book with a flowery cover that was clearly just for women. I wanted something that anyone could pick up. And I thought that Haynes was the right platform because... I mean, I grew up in the 70s and everyone had a Haynes yep. car manual. <laughs> so I, but it took me 18 months to persuade them to publish it or even to accept the offer of writing a book because they initially said, well, we're, we're all men, actually. We don't have many women on our board, so we don't need the menopause. <gasps> we do, actually. So I, I don't give up very easily. So I, I sort of kept hounding them and then they finally agreed and now they're very pleased, of course, that they have but they've been really lovely to work with and I think they've done a really good job in the way that they've formatted it and with lots of pictures and um, yes, yeah, it's lovely to see it in print but it, it's not been easy, it's not easy writing a book. <laughs> well, thank you very much for being so tenacious. Is the sort of outlook for it maybe to have a copy in every GP surgery so people can pick it up as well as obviously be able to buy it for themselves? Yeah, there's a bit of um, a talk about that on, on my Instagram account. Some women are saying they're buying two and giving one to their GP. Oh, that's a great idea. Um, which, yes, yeah, I'm also, as you might know, Diane Danzenberg with the hashtag Make Menopause Matter campaign. And one of her arms is to get uh, menopause education into schools, which has been agreed into secondary schools. So we're trying to work out how to get one in every school library because I think that would be really useful too. Yeah, because it's not just the women who go through it, who quite often go through menopause. We quite often go through it if you've got children as they're teenagers. So there's a lot of hormones Mm. flying around those houses. Absolutely. And I don't know if you've read, but when I was experiencing symptoms, I didn't even recognise them to be due to my perimenopause because I was working hard writing the website. So I was very tired, very irritable, uh, had lots of migraines, just generally felt dreadful but had no idea about my hormones. And it was my teenage daughter, oh, she was then 11, just said to me, Mommy, I think you probably need your period because you're so stroppy and you're like some of my friends before their period. And then I suddenly realised I hadn't had a period for about four months. And I said, oh, my gosh, Sophie, I now realise I'm menopausal. <laughs> and then she said, oh, but you, that's makes you sound really old. Um, but if she hadn't have pointed out the obvious, I don't know, I would have carried on, I think, still struggling with symptoms. So... And now, her and my, I've got another teenage daughter, they often pick up some of their friends' mothers who are menopausal and say to their friends, oh, I think your mum might need date shopping. Really, <laughs> you know? And which is great, because they're having great. a conversation. And they're not embarrassed if my eight-year-old knows about the menopause just because I talk about it so much. And don't get me wrong, she doesn't need to know loads, but she needs to know it's something that happens to us all. And um, she gets very excited if she sees one of her teachers with one of my books or booklets. So it's just making it normal. 
and I think the takeaway message from everyone we've spoken to is it is so good to talk about this because it just has been something yes. that's been under the under the rugs for ages. Yeah, and it shouldn't be. You know, when I grew up, we didn't talk about cancer. Well, sometimes it was the big C. Yes. You know, someone was ill in the 70s. My father died when I was nine. And, and no one told me or warned me that he was so ill, which, you know, how ridiculous is that now? But in the 70s, this is what happened. And then we did a lot with depression and mental illness, which is fantastic. When I was a medical student, we couldn't talk about depression or we would fob someone off and say, well, they're bound to be depressed. They've just had a big life event. Well, actually, no, we need to treat that depression. And it's fantastic. We can go into a workplace, for example, and talk about depression and mental illness. But we need to do the same with the menopause as well. But the menopause isn't an illness, of course, so that makes it a bit difficult. And women shouldn't be treated differently for being menopausal. But what they should do is be allowed to have the right advice and the right treatment so they can make the menopause a really positive time of their life because they're going to have, hopefully, 30, 40 years of being menopausal. We want it an enjoyable experience. We don't want it where women are just existing, staring at the walls, feeling dreadful, feeling tired, feeling fed up, dropping out of society and dropping out of their job, which is what's happening far too often. And I think that, again, is something that I've learned with talking to all these brilliant women about the menopause, is that there is hope there that, that women can power through this and still have a yes. really lovely existence. Absolutely. And I think women shouldn't be made to feel guilty because they're getting help. So we know the average length of time for symptoms is seven years, but a lot of women have symptoms for far longer. I saw a lady in my clinic yesterday who'd had a hysterectomy 27 years ago and had been experiencing sweats and flushes for 27 oh, years. Lord. And um, she, when I saw her in a review yesterday, three months ago I'd given her some oestrogen and she's sleeping. She's had the biggest grin on her face when she came back with her husband yesterday. So she was just waiting for the time for her symptoms to stop and they were clearly not going to. But symptoms often change. So a lot of women say, oh, I'm through the menopause, my, my flushes, my sweats have gone. But then they've got low mood or anxiety or they've got vaginal dryness um, which happens and occurs in around seven to eight out of every ten women so symptoms such as vaginal irritation pain discomfort urinary symptoms and a lot of women think that's just part of getting older but of course it's related to the low estrogen levels that occur and it's very very easy to treat it doesn't need hrp use with them women can use local estrogen or some of the non-hormonal moisturizers so it's really important that any symptoms are addressed and, and managed appropriately louise one thank you for all of your hard work and two where can we find out more about this work that you're doing so i've got a website called menopausedoctor.co.uk which is full of evidence-based non-biased information it's not sponsored in any way um, much to my husband's annoyance it's all <laughs> self-finance because it's really important for me that it's credible, it, it's been um, awarded the health as a net code, and it's also been endorsed by the Royal College of GPs. So there's a lot of information for women there, but also there's a lot of information for healthcare professionals, which anyone can access, of course, but there's lots of papers, there's guidelines, there's research there, so it's all in one place for people to access, and it's constantly being updated and altered and changed and we've got quite a lot going on in the background to try and improve education as well so there's there's lots happening that I can announce over the next 
hopefully soon then. And you mentioned social media. Where can we find you there? Hmm. So I'm on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. I personally am very possessive of my Instagram, which <laughs> is menopause underscore doctor, I'm pretty sure. I post every morning at six o'clock when I wake up and I, I've got a lovely following of women that are now actually really forming a bit of a community and really helping each other mm-hmm. um, it's become unmanageable for me because I've got a lot of followers but I will try and help people as much or direct them as much as I can but it's been a lovely platform to watch and see how people are learning and using even some of the comments I've got on Instagram to find out more information to go to their GP to then get the right advice and help. Louise thank you so much for talking to us it is absolutely fascinating. Great, thank you very much. Standard issue for all women.